Hey, podcast listeners. Thanks for joining us for the All Saints Lutheran Sermon Series of Podcasts. We're so delighted that you've landed on this page, and we ask that you contextualize yourself by reading the descriptor. Enjoy, and let us know what you think. I feel like there's just kind of been a series of texts lately that it would be really nice to have an intern for. More on that later. Saints and siblings in Christ, good morning. Do any of you have a favorite movie? Do you have a favorite movie? What's your favorite movie? Shout it out. Princess Bride. Princess Bride. <laughs> Which one? <laughs> Alright, you guys heard it. I did. What else? <laughs> Rainbow Five. <laughs> the Abyss. Which one? Famous people who stay off. That's great. Ordinary people. This is a really good time for me to let you know that we're going to be doing a movie series uh, in October and November, and you'll see more about that in your newsletter if you read it. It's going to be great. Uh, I have a favorite movie. My favorite movie of all time is The Muppet Christmas Carol. (laughs) It's so good. I love this movie so much that I watch it all the year round, and I listen to the soundtrack at least twice a week. At least twice a week. All right, I listened to it while I was writing the sermon last night. In fact, it is one of the first movies that Miss Lorelai ever watched because you know how she would just like stay awake all night long, and somebody would have to stay awake with her. Like I watched that movie with her at least three times in those first six weeks. Right? I love this movie. So it is not surprising, I think, that this epic tale from Charles Dickens popped into the forefront of my mind as I sat down to study the text for this week. Now for those of you who are unfamiliar with Dickens' famous story, we meet the notorious Ebenezer Scrooge, a wealthy banker who delights only in making more and more money usually at the expense of the poor and those most in need in his community. In this story, Scrooge is visited by three spirits, the ghosts of Christmas past, present, and future, and from them, he receives a series of warnings, calling on him to change his ways in order to avoid eternal damnation, and is given the opportunity to redeem himself. It's a great movie, especially with Muppets involved. Of course, unlike Scrooge, the rich man featured in our parable this morning is not given the chance to repent. Like the visions of the ghosts of Christmas yet to come, the rich man's fate is sealed after his life of unrepentant neglect of those most in need. The unbending bluntness of Father Abraham's words in response to the rich man's requests for mercy may, and probably do, strike rather harshly in our hearing today. Surely this is not a parable from the forgiving, merciful, grace-filled Jesus that we have come to know and love. And yet, as the story ends, we hear that there is no relenting to Abraham's resolve, which only serves to underscore the importance of this parable's function as an urgent warning to us all. This is a serious matter. 
Jesus seems to say, and it has a serious consequence for all those who ignore the message that it contains. Now, like so much of what Jesus says about money and possessions, this parable stands as a stinging indictment, not only of the great confidence that we all place on financial security, but also of the drastic inequalities between the rich and the poor, and let's be honest, the middle class and the poor in society that we allow to perpetuate. We even encourage it for our own benefit far too often. Last year, as we were coming out of the pandemic for, I think it was the second, maybe the third time, one of those times, I was listening to a podcast about the history of uh, taxes in ancient Athens, Greece. I promise this is coming back around, don't worry. And in it, they asserted that historically, there was an income tax that fell on the wealthiest individuals in society to pay. And that these wealthy Athenians weren't just willing to pay it, but they, they would brag about paying it and even go above and beyond in their payments. And they took pride in being able to support their community because they were so wealthy. Now friends, I cannot tell you that I take pride in paying taxes. I do it. And I am grateful for the schools, the fire departments, and the roads that they go to. I also can't say that I feel the need to brag about the ministries that Katie and I support. But I am grateful to, for the work of this congregation and for the camps and the ministries that we give to, as I'm sure you all are as well. So as I read this text and I noodle around on Jesus' words... I cannot help but think back to something that my esteemed colleague, Pastor Rebecca, preached on over at Norris Square this past Wednesday. She asserted and reminded us that throughout the scriptures, Old Testament and New, Gospels, Letters, Prophets, and Kings, when it comes to wealth in the Bible, one thing is abundantly clear, that wealth does not bestow honor. Wealth bestows responsibility. While you let that sink in, let me remind you of one of my favorite little ditties. My talk talks and my walk talks, but my walk talks louder than my talk talks. Saints and siblings, what you say matters, but what you do matters so much more. And we have a responsibility to do. Indeed, one might say that we have a responsibility to show up, do good, and be kind for our communities. As people who are blessed with resources, yes, but also as a people who know the deep, fantastic, frivolous, prodigal, incredible, absolutely amazing love of God. Something that we cannot help but share with the world. Friends, I know that I've thrown a lot of random taglines at you this morning already, but I hope that you'll indulge me with one more that I learned this past summer. Ten little words that I'd really like us as a congregation to think about and noodle around on in the weeks and months to come. They are, if it is to be, it is up to me. Ten two-letter words. If it is to be, it is up to me. But of course, I'm a Lutheran, and I know that this priesthood of all believers is better together, together 
And I know that the work that each of you does is often behind closed doors, which is why I'm so glad that so much of it is on display in our space today. Because I think that we can change one of those little words and say, if it is to be, it is up to us. It doesn't rhyme, but I like it better. People of God, there are a lot of ministries here today that are being highlighted. A lot of work that is happening in this space is being brought in front of us today. But I need you to know, and I need you to hear, that what we do together matters. I need you to know that there are people who are experiencing homelessness who show up here every week for a shower, for a cup of coffee, to use the laundry, and you also find a place of welcome, a shoulder to cry on, and resources for the journey ahead. I need you to know that when we say that all are welcome here, when we claim that we are an open, welcoming, and affirming church to members of the LGBTQI2A community, that that matters in a very real way. Because there are so many places in our community where that is not a reality. That when we say that queer folks are not just welcome, but wanted in the kingdom of God, that matters. And it changes reality. I need you to know that this place is a community center where Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts and the Venturing Crew meet, where toddlers and preschoolers find safe places to play, where startups grow, where artists create, where support is given without question, where housing is applied for, where clothes are clean, where people are fed, and peace is found. I need you to know that this congregation stretches across oceans to church halls and preaching points in Tanzania, to school rooms and community gardens where the gospel is proclaimed again and again in a different and beautiful way. I need you to know that the music that surrounds us is an outlet of beauty and creativity and praise. I need you to know, people of God, that because of what you do here, Veterans are made warm, that our indigenous neighbors are supported and honored, that kids go to camp, that immigrants are welcomed, that refugees are housed, that people of all ages and backgrounds are cared for and deeply loved because of you, because of us. You make a difference every single day. And it is so cool to be your pastor. So much fun. So for all this, and for you, beloved saints, we can all say, Thanks to you.